Hello, I'm Matt, and this is Ghostthropology. The show will feature ghost folklore, which includes both well-known stories and small personal encounters, all ultimately unverifiable, but all presented by people as true. I will tell you the story, after which I will discuss the elements of the story that I think are particularly interesting. While I don't know when, where, or how you were listening to this, I hope it's dark outside, as that is the best time for ghost stories. Episode 11, The Other London Bridge In Episode 10, I spoke about the London Bridge that crosses the River Thames in London, England. However, as I explained in that episode, that is not the only London Bridge. Strange as it may seem, London Bridge, or at least a London Bridge, is also in Arizona. In the 1960s, it became clear that London Bridge in England was no longer sufficient to its purposes. Increased vehicle traffic, heavier vehicles, and an expansion of the bridge itself proved too much for the foundations, which had begun sinking into the silt at the bottom of the Thames. Rather than simply demolish the bridge, a decision was made to auction it off. The bridge was purchased by Roger McCulloch, who intended to use it as the centerpiece in a housing development and tourist attraction at the artificial Lake Havasu, a location along the Colorado River on the border between California and Arizona. The reconstructed bridge was opened on October 10, 1971, with a flamboyant celebration that involved everything from skydivers to a recreation of the feast served to King William IV at the 1831 opening of the bridge in London. McCulloch, whatever else you may say, was no skinflint, and he liked to put on a good show. Ghostly happenings were reported as early as this ceremony. According to some witnesses, a man and a woman, both dressed in Victorian clothing, were seen walking along the bridge. One witness said that she had assumed that the two were actors hired to take part in the festivities, only to find out later that no such actors had been hired or requested. Since then, reports of people in Victorian garb walking on the bridge have occurred occasionally. Those reporting generally claim that the apparitions vanish as soon as the witness tries to approach them. Two other apparitions that are occasionally reported include a British police officer in the well-known Bobby uniform that appears to be on patrol, and a woman in a black dress, sometimes seen on the bridge at night. Also, drivers crossing the bridge at night report seeing dark phantoms hovering above it. Disembodied screams are often reported on and near the bridge. There are also reports of visitors being pushed by invisible forces and witnessing glowing globes move across the bridge. Enthusiasts of electronic voice phenomenon, or EVP, wherein it is claimed that the voices of spirits can be captured on audio recordings despite not being heard by the person making the recordings, claim to have captured ghostly voices while on or near the bridge. And, of course, people attribute many of Lake Havasu's boat crashes to the supernatural influences of the bridge. One of the more curious stories that I have come across is that the lamp posts at the bridge are the original lamp posts from the bridge location in England and are made by iron obtained by melting cannons taken after Napoleon's defeat at Waterloo. I've not been able to find a definitive source, and this does have the feel of an urban legend, but from the sources I have been able to read, the story does appear to be true. 
Gary Asbury, one of the ghost hunters with an interest in the bridge, has noted that those cannons were used to kill on the battlefield, and has suggested that the spirits of those killed may be behind the hauntings. How battlefield deaths would relate to Victorian couples and urban police officer spirits is a bit beyond me, but perhaps he's referring to the less distinct elements of the haunting. Of course, the Travel Channel show Ghost Adventures reached the rather odd conclusion that the ghosts were present because of skeletons embedded in the bridge, which seems like a bit of an odd claim given both that the bridge was built in the 1820s and 1830s in London, a time when bodies were generally not interred in bridges, and that it was disassembled, at which time you would expect any skeletons in it would have been removed, and then moved and interred elsewhere. Also, the only sources I can find for this claim are from the Ghost Adventure show itself, or those referring to the show. So, maybe there were human remains within the bridge during the 19th century, but I'm skeptical of that, and even more skeptical that they are still in the Arizona Bridge. Back to Gary Asbury. He is also reported as saying that he suspects that the ghost of Jack the Ripper is associated with the bridge, hypothesizing that the infamous 19th century murderer may have used a service entry on the bridge to elude police. Which, while no less plausible than some other ideas I've heard about how Jack the Ripper managed to evade justice, nonetheless strikes me as simple speculation. He cites a blurry photo of a shadowy, human-like figure that his son took and indicates that it could be anyone, but might be Jack the Ripper. That said, in fairness to Asbury, the news report where I found this claim was edited in such a way that it was hard to tell if this was Asbury's belief, or if the broadcaster simply edited different footage and sound bites together to make it look like this was his claim. Regardless of whether or not the stories of spectral presences are true, the sight of a 19th century European bridge in the desert of the American Southwest is both odd and a bit eerie. <laughs> Commentary. Robert McCulloch was reputed to be both an eccentric and something of a marketing genius, and when he went big, he went really big. No quaint, out-of-place recreations of landmarks for this guy. He was going to move the entire landmark wherever he wanted it to be. When the sale of the London Bridge was announced, he made the purchase, and he had the materials from the dismantled bridge delivered to the location of Lake Havasu City, his planned retirement community in the Mojave Desert. A reinforced concrete bridge was constructed in the shape of the 19th century London Bridge, and the masonry from the London Bridge was painstakingly arranged on the concrete bridge's exterior to replicate the appearance of the bridge that had stood on the Thames. So, technically, this is not the same London Bridge that stood in London, but rather a new bridge clad in material from the original bridge. The bridge connects an artificial island in the artificial lake to the city. On the island stands the English Village a mock village with an open-air mall, hedge maze, and museum. Much of the village is described by the sources I found as having fallen into disrepair, and is itself part of the weird artifice of this place. Photographs of it call up a sense that you are looking at something that's just not quite right. Based on what I've read online, I suspect that many other fans of the cult TV show The Prisoner have, like myself, an urge to visit there and ask around to see if anyone has seen number six. Having been to both England and the Mojave Desert within the same month, I can think of no stranger juxtaposition than a mock English village in the Mojave. That people have reported ghosts here should come as no surprise. 
London Bridge itself is among the most recognizable bridge names in the world, even if people frequently confuse it with Tower Bridge, due both to sharing its name with one of the world's largest cities and to the nursery rhyme, London Bridge is Falling Down. Within the United States, mention of London Bridge tends to conjure up images of specifically Victorian London, the world of Dickens and also of Arthur Conan Doyle. And so it is only fitting that the ghosts that people claim to see here also appear to date to this period of history. Alongside this image of London, most of us Americans view it as a busy, exciting city, and so the idea of people being bumped out of the way by the spirit of a Victorian commuter is also very much in keeping with the images that this bridge conjures up in the American imagination. Also, let's face it, having London Bridge in the middle of Arizona is going to create some weird cognitive dissonance in pretty much anyone, and is a situation that is literally begging for a ghost story. In researching this entry, I came across a news article on Gary Asbury, the ghost hunter that I mentioned earlier in this episode. In the article, Asbury is quoted as saying that this version of London Bridge is, and I quote, one of the best conductors and storers of electromagnetic energy that we have on the planet. The article then explains that this has allowed the bridge to store residual energy that leads to the hauntings. But the claim about this being a wonderful electromagnetic conductor, that's not right. That's not even wrong. That's just kind of incomprehensible. Look, in order for minerals to be good conductors of electromagnetic energy, they have to be refined to pull out the metals that are used for that purpose, typically copper, though other metals can also do the job. Rock and brick, however, are fundamentally not good at conducting electromagnetic energy. In fact, they are very effective insulators. And then there's the fact that conducting energy and storing energy are two very different things and that there are also different sorts of energy on the electromagnetic spectrum, and that something could be good at storing or conducting one kind, but not others, and so on and so on. It's sort of like how your New Age friend talks about thought vibrations, as if they are the same thing as the physical vibrations that physicists talk about. Even though one is a figure of speech and not a real physical thing, and the other is an observable physical phenomenon, it's all rather mushy. However, that does allow us to bring in an interesting element of modern ghost folklore that does seem relevant to the Arizona-London Bridge, the stone tape hypothesis. There are a number of variations, but in its basic form, the stone tape hypothesis holds that some locations or materials, and in the case of this London Bridge, it would be the materials, have an ability to store and essentially replay either a visual manifestation of moments in time or the energy, in scare quotes, of people's emotions, thus creating hauntings. The term stone tape theory was popularized by a 1972 made-for-television film called The Stone Tape, but the ideas behind it go back to at least the 19th century, where its predecessors included place memory, the idea that a location could store psychical information about the past, and psychometry, the notion that somebody could divine the history of an object through physical and or psychic contact with it. Again, this posits that the activities of people, animals, or events in the past have a form of energy that can be stored, and that the material of the bridge has the ability to store it, and that there is a mechanism by which it can be replayed. All of these are unevidenced claims on their own. When stacked together, they seem quite dubious, however popular the idea may have become over the years. And, again, this gets back to the idea that a material, stone, brick, or some such, is capable of all of this. 
Machinery that records and plays on an actual tape has a variety of elements that must be engaged or disengaged to either record or play a recording, all of which requires sophisticated engineered machinery. There are natural objects that store energy. Think of rocks soaking up the sun's heat during the day and releasing it at night. But this is a very simple process and doesn't involve the rocks imitating the arc of the sun across the sky. It is simply the release of heat until the temperature of the rock reaches an equilibrium with the air outside. Whatever its shortcomings, the stone tape hypothesis seems intuitively right to many people. I recall as a teenager, before I'd even ever heard of the stone tape hypothesis, my friends and I discussing ghost sightings and trying to come up with a way of explaining them. We developed, in essence, a variation on the stone tape hypothesis. Importantly, the stone tape hypothesis is an idea that fits with those who want to view their belief and interest in ghostly phenomenon as scientific rather than supernatural, with its appeals to the storage of energy. The problem is that it requires a series of increasingly unlikely and unevidenced assumptions to be true in order for it to work, which makes it deeply unscientific. Strangely, it is no more scientifically sound and, you know, might even be less scientifically sound than the idea that humans have spirits that can live on after the body's death. Now, I mentioned electronic voice phenomenon, or EVP, which is the term given to voices found on tape recordings that are said to come from spirits. That is, the voices are said to come from spirits. The tape recordings are made by the ghost hunters. These voices are said to be audible on the recordings, but not to have been heard at all during the process of making the recording. The problem is that there are numerous ways that commercially available recorders can record sounds that are hard for our ears to hear. Tape recorders are notorious for picking up and recording radio signals not audible to the person making the recording, for just one common example. At that, most EVP aficionados say that you need to have white noise in the background, which just leaves you a setting custom-made for hearing things that aren't there, such as false voices via a phenomenon called pareidolia. So, the various sciency sounding explanations for what people are experiencing at the bridge don't really stand up to scrutiny, but it does provide a framework for making sense of something odd out in the desert. Incidentally, I am a lover of B-movies, and no, this is not an advertisement for a streaming service. So one of my favorite facts about this bridge is that it was the subject of a really cheeseball 80s horror movie starring David Hasselhoff. The movie, titled alternately Terror at London Bridge, Bridge Across Time, and Jack the Ripper in Arizona was directed by a fellow with the marvelous name of E.W. Swackhammer, concerns the spirit of Jack the Ripper escaping from a brick within London Bridge in which it had been imprisoned, and only David Hasselhoff can stop the murderous ghost. The movie was just as, uh, <laughs> good as it sounds, but I will say it was a fun way to kill a Saturday afternoon nonetheless when I caught it on TV as a teenager. Thank you for joining me. If you have heard a weird tale, have had a strange experience of your own, or know of a bit of local lore that should get a wider audience, please feel free to contact me at ghostthropology at gmail.com. That's G H O 
S-T-H-R-O-P-O-L-O-G-Y at gmail.com. Also, please visit the Ghostthropology blog for transcripts, show notes, and more information at kmmamedia.com. That's kmmamedia.com. Until next time, have a wonderfully spooky night. Spooky!